That's great. That's great. Okay, cool. Yeah, before it was way too loud, and sometimes it'll have that like uh, you know, when you hear the P's and the T's and the D's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the D's really hard. Oh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> right out the gate. Right out the gate. Another pause show. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that, was a, that was a t-ball setup man i mean i had to knock that one out of the park <laughs> you know since we already started the show off on a pause note how about we take a shot now i do owe two shots and we'll get into that in a second but are you saying you want me to do a different bonus shot or this is one of my um, two consider this a gift a gift from me to you oh <laughs> how kind of you sir yeah, yeah you drown you. your liver in hennessy yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna need it for this show. I can already tell you now. <laughs> uh, I got uh, the well, go the Bankers Club bourbon. <laughs> I mean, what? What? Man, they need what? a sponsor. Oh man, Bankers oh Club. man, hit up the bank, bros. That's what you call synergy, sir. Synergy. Just yeah, I'll pour one up. Just uh, right, drown man. my sorrows very early. Yes, yeah, sir. I actually got to do one. Yeah, I got to do a shot today too. Actually. Because um, what? I think we said for the Bears, because I thought the Bears were going to win, too. Oh, that is correct. That is correct. We're, we'll, we'll get into that later. So we'll, well, you'll yeah. get into that later. I'm going to get really into that later. All and it's going to be depressing as all hell. But uh, in the meantime, cheers, sir. Cheers, my guy. Yeah. Ooh. Things the nostrils. That was a Man. dog hair in mine. Damn, damn it. Thank you, Toast. Appreciate mm. it. <laughs> I swear to God, never get a dog with with long hair like that, dude. I'm It's... It is a part of my lungs. It's a part of every outfit I wear. It's stuffed in my shoes, and it ends up in my shot glasses. You cannot escape the amount of hair that this dog sheds. Don't do it. If you get a dog, get a short hair dog. Just saying. Shave him bald. But, hey, but to all the women out there, if you get a man, get a long-haired man. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you twisted that. That was good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good yeah, trade-off. Yeah. The trade-off. You know, because, you know, long hair, it, it symbolizes dedication. You know how hard we had to work? How long it took for us to grow our hair? <laughs> if you're like you me, go- not very long. I'm like a chia pet, dude. <laughs> chia, 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 like, chia. Yeah. Like there's a certain there's a certain period of time where you're really ugly, right? Because your hair is like long, <laughs> but not long enough. You can't really tie it in a bun. You can't tie yep. it up or anything. You just gotta let it hang. Ponytails like this big. So, dude, you are not wrong, and it's funny you say that because I swear to God, I feel like because I'm I'm a good looking guy. I got some good confidence in me, you know. Yeah, whatever. yeah. But man, I'm telling you. The the ten minutes after a fresh fucking cut, bro. Mm. Ooh, you better gotta, not say shit to me. <laughs> I gotta look myself in the mirror and be like, "Damn, damn, I look good." Like it is crispy when I get my cuts and shit. Like I get the, the fresh shower, and then I know I gotta do that double take in the mirror. Just kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, 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 I'm feeling myself. So I know what you're, that it's the it is the week before I get cut where I just like to hide myself. I'm like, damn, damn, you, bro, damn, bro. Yes, man. It's only because I know the cut is coming. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's all it is. Then, then exactly. everything is all that shit just gets enunciated, and all of a sudden, like all my bad features, I feel bloated at the same time too. So, like, my <laughs> clothes don't look right, and my hair don't look right. My beard's all fucking gnarly. I'm like, man, I need my barber to come save the day. And then after that, mm, it's a 180. Then I'm like, look the fuck out, planet Earth. You come home, you look, you give that wife the look. It's over. I don't even need to. I don't even need to get the look. She just knows. She knows. It's on the calendar and shit. She because my barber's name is Joe. So I'll put fucking Joe on my calendar like Joe haircut. So she knows. Well, Thursday. Fuck. 
She, <laughs> right, she knows it's on. <laughs> she knows Thursday, I'm getting my guts destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely accurate. I'll just put it that way. I won't get into details, but holy shit. She's in danger on those days, but she already knows. <laughs> she already knows. The standard has been set for years and years. I've been the same barber my pretty much my entire life. So she knows. She's looking at there me is. now, too. Yep, she gave me the <laughs> thumbs up. The haircut night, she knows. Game on. <laughs> hey, as, as long as she didn't hear what I said, I mean, eventually I'm no, sure no. she'll hear. But... <laughs> oh, she doesn't listen to this podcast. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Hopefully your kids don't find it. I know. No. Uh, oh, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. They do know that we have a YouTube channel. Yes, that's at, I know. Yeah, that's Aunt Bank Bro Show on YouTube, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, my kids will always be like, Dad, I see you on YouTube. I'm like, don't watch that video. Do not click play <laughs> on those videos. No. And that goes for all of you listening. This show, I put that little E for explicit for a reason. We are not a family-friendly show. We may talk about family stuff. But I'm pretty sure we drop F-bombs every 5.2 seconds. I mean, my God, what the fuck are you thinking if you're letting your kids listen to our shit? So that's (laughs) not for children, and you've been warned. So there you go. There's your public service announcement. I'll do it right away. I had no PSA for this episode, but I just came up with one. PSA, don't let your kids listen to the Bank Bro Show. Done. PSA has completed. (laughs) Hey, it's crazy because... Sydney came up to me the last time I was at your house when we were drafting. Yeah. She goes, I see you on YouTube. You say a lot of bad words. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's just me telling her that. She hasn't actually, as far as I know, hasn't actually watched it. But I mean, we do this recording maybe 10 minutes after I put them to bed. So I know they're still awake for the solid first hour of our show. And I'm loud enough where they can probably fucking hear me. But again, they just hear me. They don't hear you. So <laughs> I'm curious to see if they've actually watched any of our clips. I, I'm going to probably lay some traps and Let's, test them to see. Oh, um, I'm sure Sydney has. Oh, yeah. that That's the one. The that's, other one I'm not so worried about. I know she has. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sully, Sully's Mm-mm. like an angel. Like Yeah. He, that That's me. That's how I was, too, when I was his age. I was a sensitive, can't-do-wrong, golden child of the family before Hakeem came along and ruined everything. But <laughs> I, I was the chosen Hakeem. one for a while. Fucking Hakeem. He had to be successful right away, too. Fuck that guy. I love him, but fuck that guy. But anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, he's Sully's a lot like me where he just he follows the rules. He doesn't want to rock the boat. He stays the course. It gets mm. you far. The other one, I have no idea. I have never had sisters. I mean, I do now, but like that's a whole other story. But I'd never had to be grown around girls. And I don't know, man. I told you, it's a learning experience. And this isn't just me reading a book about parenting. This is like a fucking circus that changes directions every single day and then changes temperatures. And then it goes upside down. And then it's black and white and then it's purple and red. I, it's It's a giant trip. And all you can do is just stay the course. Just Man. try to keep them from robbing a grocery store. That's really all I can do at this point. That, that's <laughs> the your life of a girl dad. Oh, yes. Very much so. Speaking of girl dad, um, things I did this past weekend, soccer season has returned to Wisconsin. So both my kids doing another season of soccer. Very excited. Sully goes up to the fifth and sixth grade level. A little tougher. A little more competition. He's got to really pull his weight now. So he was excited all week. 
And we talked about it in the way to the, in the car on the way to the game and kind of talk about last year and last season, how he did and how he felt about the games. And he was like, you know, dad, like I felt good, but you know, I didn't really get a single goal last year. And I looked at him without a beat. And I said, today's your day. This is the day. If you haven't hit a goal, I know you've had a couple of assists, but I can feel it. First game, let's go out there and just get one. Get get one under the belt. Man, Sully got his first solo goal. That's what I'm talking about, man. Talk about your proud dad moment. I was on my feet. Like, ah! And this, and again, this is no assist. That man grabbed that ball and just rocketed it past the goalie. Oh, so good. Such a great game. Very proud. And, you know, Sydney had a little bit easier. Last year, her team was dominant. This year, she had to team up with all her friends, her best friends from school. So I'm like, this is like the Warriors. The, literally, this is the Golden State. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, somebody put Exodia together for this fucking soccer team. And Sydney's team dominated 6-1. to one. So that was a whole different story. I was like, okay, this Damn. is par for the course, man. I got Wait, two so, phenoms in my house. <laughs> so Sully's like a, Sully's a forward? So he's more of a mid. He's, he's mid and forward. Okay. Yeah, he's a midfielder, but that's because he loves to run, mm. you know. And that's the thing is he's so long and lanky that he would just outrun everyone on that other fucking team. So yeah, that yeah. was a lot of what that game was, was him just being a speedster and getting open for shots. Like we've been practicing for a long time now. So it was it was very fucking cool to see it all come together. Santa thinks it'd be more of a defensive player. She's a little stockier like I am. So like, mm-hmm. and she doesn't like to run and I fucking hate it running too, but <laughs> she will. She will truck a motherfucker, as you found out as when I know. you were here. Yeah. She <laughs> can got, get physical. Yeah, she's got power. So that's something I could see her being like just a stalwart defender and really helping her team out. But her team is going to do the work for her. That team's going to cruise. Mm. <laughs> kind of nice Damn, to be I, on this side of it. I got to come out to one of the games. Yes, sir. We got six more. Come on out and see them every Saturday. Um. Usually like 11, 12, 1 o'clock. So that kind of thing. Huge. It's a huge crowd, man. I'm telling you, people get really into this shit. And it's my first year not coaching either one of their teams. So it's kind of fun being on the sidelines. But you're just dad. I'm just dad this year, which honestly, I wish I had done it the opposite way. Because now I'm like coaching on the sidelines when I'm yelling. And I'm, I'm telling myself to stop doing that shit. <laughs> Let's mm. like, like, but, stop, like, let the coach coach. I don't, I don't ever want to be that parent who's man. like yelling instructions and like the coach is just standing right there. I'm like, no, 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 let him coach. I just need to cheer. That that's gonna man. be my toughest challenge. See, that will be my biggest challenge. That see? is going to be my biggest challenge. <laughs> if I can see something, I'm going to let you know. And if right. the coach can't see it, maybe I should be doing his job. <laughs> I, I mean. See, yeah. that's how I got sucked in last time, too. Maybe I should be doing his job. See? Yeah. That's how they get I mean, you, man. Because I know. Because I know. Because, <laughs> like, being, for example, if especially if it's basketball. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, I, yeah. I probably shouldn't go to the games if my kid plays basketball. <laughs> He'll probably hate me, but probably. I can't help myself. I just can't hey. help myself. I'm going to have to. Look, they're playing the two threes on. All you have to do, high corner. Sit in the corner. Boom. Throw it to the short. Throw it to the high post. Throw it to the corner. Throw it back. That's all you got to do. Overload one side. Boom. And your five-year-old son's looking at you like, the fuck are you talking about, Dad? <laughs> no, honestly. That's going to be you. No, honestly, I believe my five-year-old son will be okay consuming so? that information. Because my little brothers were okay consuming that information. I taught my little brothers how to play at a very young age. And now they're 
Their nice. IQ is pretty high. I'm not gonna lie. Nice. IQ is pretty high. That's fair. Yeah. We were, started early. We went to a high school game. Uh, me and my youngest brother Stephen went to a high school game once, and yeah. uh, one of the teams was playing a two-three defense, mm-hmm. and the team, one of the teams, just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> oh God! And he, I didn't, I didn't know he was going through this, but he was sitting with his girlfriend. Oh, and so the game ends, and we meet up, and we're gonna go home, right? Right. And I was like, "Hey, you like how they couldn't break that two-three zone?" He was like, "Bro, I was saying that the whole fucking time. <laughs> all you have to do is fucking pass it to the corner or pass it to the high post and cut back door. That's all you have to fucking do." Let's go! Oh <laughs> yeah. no! And I'm like, "Wow, proud brother moment." You taught him well. You taught him well. I taught him well. I taught him well. <laughs> Which is probably why soccer is good for me, because like I said before, even if I've coached it, I don't know shit about fuck. That's how I am. So <laughs> I was trying to be more of that Coach Bombay motivator type and just try to draw out the innate abilities of my team. But the X's and O's shit, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So <laughs> at this level, fifth and sixth grade for Sully, like, you know, they're, they're teaching, like, offsides and stuff. And, like, I'm like, mm. I don't fucking know what that even means in this game. So <laughs> I'm glad I stopped at third and fourth grade because it didn't get that technical. He said, but, offsides? Where's the line right. of scrimmage? <laughs> exactly. That shit drove me nuts. And this fucking department is just like, oh, my God. Like, the lines that are drawn are one thing, but they only practice on, like, a third of the field. So they don't get to practice with the lines that are drawn that you're enforcing during the games. That shit drove me insane. I'm like... How do you want me to teach them offsides if they don't even have the lines drawn during their practice? Please explain that to me, please. I, I don't get that. I know it's volunteer work and shit. Man, but how dude, can I shoot free throws if there's no free throw line? Right. I'm just like doing it in a parking <laughs> lot for some reason. I'm like, what the fuck? So that shit drove me nuts. And I, I had my time. I had a lot of fun with it. But it is a lot more fulfilling just being dad at this point. So I'm mm. I'm really enjoying it so far. Well. We'll see how they do it. We'll see how they do it. I hear you, man. I'll I'll definitely come to a game. Probably this weekend. Hell yeah. Hey, we're we're about there. I'm out there. Let's do it, man. All right, man. Let's go. Speaking speaking of coaching, I know you wanted to. uh, And and dads. Hey, look at that. That's a perfect segue. Holy shit. We never get the perfect segues. It's always like a little clunky, maybe a good connection. This one was fucking perfect. No, this is is, you got off the bus. And the and the transfer bus was already there. Hey, look at that! Yeah. But back to our current favorite coach right now, Coach Prime, and mm. those nasty Colorado Buffaloes doing mm. work again, taking down the Nebraska Cornhuskers, thirty-six to fourteen. Your thoughts on Colorado's fucking epic run right now, man? First and foremost, uh, this game was a dogfight for about a quarter and a half. Yep. <laughs> um, Nebraska made it very tough. You can tell Nebraska is a very well coached team. Uh, again, I don't know if I mentioned this last show, but they're coached by Matt Rule, who yep. was the previous coach of the Carolina Panthers. That's right. So, you know, you know that they're going to be prepared. You know, they're going to be well coached. You know, they're going to be disciplined. Very tough. Um, especially defensively. Nebraska yep. came out and they were aggressive defensively. They, they came after Colorado's offensive line. They got pressed on Shador, made them uncomfortable, but. There was a turning point in the second quarter, and Colorado never looked back. Uh, Colorado picked off, uh, I believe his, his name is Sims, the quarterback for Nebraska. Jeff Sims, maybe? Jeff Sims is the quarterback. They picked him off, and Colorado went one play, 30 yards, a touchdown. It was a Shador pass to, I forgot his first name, but last name was Dawson. It was a crossing route. And from there on, I wrote it down. From that touchdown on, Colorado's drives went field goal, turnover on downs, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Good Lord, that is 
Tarverish Dawson, by the way. Tarverish Dawson. There you yes. Go. Um, and then Xavier Weaver. Man, I think he solidified himself as the number one target uh, on that team. He had damn near 300 yards in two games. Um, what a pace. My man, God. Jesus. Colorado defense overall, they held it down, and they're the biggest reason why Colorado won. Yes. Again, the offense struggled early, but the defense showed up. Total, they had three fumble recoveries, a pick, and six tackles for loss. Mm. I think the Colorado defense showed a lot this game. They showed that they can complement the offense whenever the offense is in a bad day. And Shador showed that he can weather the storm. He was facing a lot of pressure early. They sent the heat. Um, he was uh, pressured, had to throw the ball away a lot of times, had to run out of bounds a lot of times mm. uh, because he just couldn't go anywhere and there was just too much pressure in his face. But, hey, like I said, he weathered the storm, three total touchdowns, damn near 400 passing yards again. Bam! Um, Colorado showed that they, they can play in any game script. If it's an ugly game script, they'll figure out a way to figure your defense out, to score points, and to stop you. That's right. If you want to be in a shootout, ask TCU how it went down. Mm. Um, the They're only, still feeling that. <laughs> yes. The only and the only spot on that Colorado Boulder team that needs help ASAP is the offensive line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Because say say they do make the college football playoffs, right? Very possible. Say point. they go against, I don't know, Georgia mm. in the natty. Just, just theoretically speaking. That offensive line is getting ate the fuck up. Mind you, in the past two seasons, the past two teams that Georgia has, damn near the entire defensive line is in the NFL. Absolutely. And half of them play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I knew I was going to say it. <laughs> I was just about to say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. You, you have. And speaking as a fan of a team with shaky offensive line play for the majority of his life. We'll I know a that. thing or two. Oh, yeah. I know a thing or two about shaky offensive lines. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you go against a top-tier program like Georgia with that line playing the way they're playing, it's a fucking wrap. W-R-A-P. So. Chicken wrap. Uh, chicken wrap. Got to tighten it up. But I do agree, Shador Sanders, still on an amazing pace right now. He's still showing out. This whole team is still showing out. And I heard the people say Nebraska wasn't ranked. I get that. It's still Nebraska. Let's not get it twisted. Oh. That's still a powerhouse program, at least in their payday. Like, and Matt Rule, like you said, NFL coach wasn't terrible. I mean, he and, had some shitty ass years, but and before that, he was at Temple uh as one of the top college coaches in the NCAA. So Right. The man does know college football. So it's not like this was some easy ass win that Colorado took off. They no. had two back-to-back massive fucking wins for a program at this level. So absolutely, we cannot and, belittle that at all. And we can never belittle rivalry game. Nebraska mm-hmm. and Colorado, that's like Green Bay and that's, Chicago. That's big. Big Bay. Yeah, it's like like Dion said, it's personal. Mm. Oh, yeah, it got personal. It's personal. Shador took it personally, too. They, were, they, they came over there talking shit to Shador pregame. He said, mm. Show him the watch. <laughs> Show him the watch. 400 yards. That's all, had to, later. that's all he had to say. They knew what time that's, it was. That's no, all he had hey, to say. Uh, so I was watching an interview. Uh, I believe it was on the Pat McAfee show. Mm. I could be wrong. It was either that or Undisputed. And it was with Coach Prime. Coach okay. Prime said, okay, so so Shador, you were at the soccer game, so I'm pretty sure you didn't see. So Shador scored it. a touchdown, and he took his helmet off and got a flag. Oh. Dion pulled him to the side. and was like, hey, you can't do that. And then Shador looked at him. He said, dad, remember what you said? It's personal and ran off. Oh, <laughs> he got some dogs on that team. Ooh, he he got so some dogs in. on that team. 
dialed the fuck in. I love that. that That's good energy shit. from Coach Prime is contagious, and we spoke about Man. it last week. You know, it, it's starting to fill out now. Now, now it's spread to the team. Now it's all over the world. Now it's all in the fan base. It's the one team that everyone is talking about. It really is. It's crazy. I don't remember a coach affecting a team this dramatically, this quickly either. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty weird phenomenon and all great things from, I mean, it's just great for the sport in general. One thing I will say about Shador Sanders, you got to work in that prime time dance, bro. That was not it. (laughs) (laughs) If your dad is coach prime and you're doing his fucking dance, you better fucking nail it. His is a little. I was like, oh, that's not great. (laughs) Hey, Travis, tell me why Travis Hunter said the same shit. See? <laughs> Travis Hunter said the same shit. Travis Hunter was like, wait till I get a pick six. Yeah. I'll show him how it's really done. There you go. Yeah, y'all need to make your dad proud on that shit, too. But, like, that was all. I saw that one little clip. I was like, uh-oh. That's that's not how you do that, man. That's not how you do it, but good game. But you, you did good, well, but good game. Yeah. You earn the benefit of the doubt. I think the more swag he gets, he'll get that dance down. But yes, Colorado is on. I believe they have Colorado State next. So another rivalry game, even though Colorado State is nothing compared to these other two teams that they played. But it's college football. You never know. We'll mm-hmm. see how Colorado keeps things going. But again, that's planet Earth's favorite college football team right now. I'm along yep. for the ride, man. Yep. And speaking of their matchup with Colorado State, uh, Coach Prime said there are no trap games. If mm. we get caught in a trap game, we're going to be trapped at practice. Oh, yeah. I love it. So you man. treat them like they're Georgia. No that's, prisoners. No prisoners. No mm-hmm. mercy. Take them down. Oh, speaking of planet Earth. I'm going to do another transition like that. That's that's amazing, too. We wanted to just revisit quickly a conversation we discussed last week or a couple weeks ago. I have lost complete track of time these days. Um, That was the Olympian Noah Lyles and a conversation we had regarding his comments about the NBA and how their champions are called world champions and how he felt that that wasn't very accurate. It kind of upset him that they were considered that way when he thinks what he does as a sprinter and being an Olympian and all around athlete in the world that what he competes for is a world championship versus the NBA kind of being only an American league and and foundation. So Mm. we, we talked about that at length. There have been some developments since then. If you do follow basketball, you are aware of the FIBA World Cup, that's the Federation Internationale de Basketball, and they have a World Cup similar to the World Cup in soccer, where it's played every four years, but they are the governing board of basketball in the world. They do hold this tournament, and every, I mean, it's 32 teams, a lot of countries participate, USA always participates in it, and USA ended up getting fourth place. They got bounced out of the tournament, and it was pretty shocking. The reason we bring up Noah Lyles again is because now that America has finished fourth place, people are including, you know, big analysts, athletes, Stephen A. Smith, Giannis came out and talked about it. Paul George came out and talked about it. Mm -hmm. There are people kind of agreeing with Noah Lyles' take now. They're kind of backtracking and saying, maybe he's got a point. Maybe we understand where he's coming from. So I just wanted to revisit this and see that now that USA ended up fourth, has your opinion changed? Do you think... There's some merit to what Noah's saying, or are we still in the same boat of mm, maybe not the right message to be presenting? I need everyone to clean yours real quick with a Q-tip. You know you're not supposed to do that before you yeah, get I know. into that? 
<laughs> it feels fucking good. But I read that every doctor is like, don't fucking do <laughs> You're pushing the wax into your ears yeah, and it can yeah, cause yeah. damage. But go on. I didn't mean to digress. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, hell no, he wasn't right. And let me tell you why. <laughs> we sent the D team over there. Yes. Thank you. We sent the D team over there. These D team players, like, don't get me wrong. They're great. They're all sure. work, but they don't know how to play a role. All of these dudes are the guy on their team and never had to Absolutely. play a role on their team. That's right. Um, so chemistry was off. You know, chemistry will always win in the game of basketball. Yes. Now, people are going to say, oh, so what if they send the A team over there? <clears throat> oh, so what mm. if they do send the A team? Um, LeBron and KD have a gold medal together. Mm. Just saying. KD and Curry and Draymond, they have a championship ring together in the NBA. Bingo. The guys on the A-team have actually played together at some point in their careers. That's right. Not only that, they're willing to sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Doing it. Um, Damian Lillard has showed you he could do it. Uh, Devin Booker has came out oh, yeah. verbally and said he will be a 3 and D off guard. Done. He will play defense and sit in the corner. <laughs> there you go. So if we send the A-team over there, what conversation are we having now? Mm, don't know. And y'all <laughs> see what y'all did. You know allows. You see what you did. Now LeBron is recruiting. Yeah, LeBron picked up the phone the very second USA got fourth place, and he said, fuck that. Let's show him what we can really do. And he's calling up the squad. Mm -hmm. On some fucking Derek Lewis shit. USA in this hoe. Done. <laughs> Let's go. Done. Let's it's, go. It's over with. Uh, no allows. Uh, I still don't agree with your take. Uh, you probably don't care. Probably won't ever hear this. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. But it's okay. Just, just wait until the Olympics when LeBron brings this the, the, the fucking Justice League oh, over God, there yeah. for the Olympics, and then everyone's going to cry and say, oh, this is unfair. Mm. When and every then other country's we'll getting blown out. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll have this conversation. Exactly. That, I ain't trying to hear none of this no allow shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I had the same notes written down that you literally <laughs> just said. And I said, this was the D squad. If the D squad had won the FIBA World Cup, they oh, my really have no argument. That is a complete zero. No, I would have been acting a fool at the D team right. one. <laughs> we, this conversation would have got so aggressive against Noah Lyles. Like, again, I'm a little more sympathetic than my partner is here. I understand where he's coming from. I think the message is still incorrect, but I will give you a caveat. I will give you one caveat. It's this. FIBA and the NBA are not direct rivals of each other. Mm -mm. This is not two different leagues. This is not like NBA is the American League and FIBA is the International League. It's not mm -hmm. like that. They don't play a full season of fucking basketball. Like we said before, the best players in the world are not only champions in the NBA, they're champions on the international teams that won. Germany has NBA players as their top stars. Dennis Schroeder. Boom. Who's not even, I mean, no, no disrespect to Dennis Schroeder, he's not even a top 10 in the NBA. No. He's not. He's not. No. He's and he just won the top 15 at his position. He probably exactly. won't even be top 15 in his position. Right. So he is the best player who just won the FIBA World Cup. That's great for him. That's wonderful for Germany and the MVP. Amazing. That's going to help his career. Awesome. Here's the thing. Like we said, he's not even a top 10, top 15 player in the NBA. So if the D squad had won this, this is a non-factor. But the fact that these two organizations don't directly compete with each other. And the fact that NBA players are still the best in the world. 
I don't think it's wrong, and I'll give him this, at the very minimum, calling them both world champions. It doesn't matter. It's not a wrong thing to say the NBA champions are world champions, just like a FIBA world champion is a world champion. There's nothing wrong with saying them both if you have to, but you don't disqualify the NBA just because they play in America. That's just where they're stationed. Everyone still comes to play for the NBA, period. If they exactly. don't, this is the only stage they have is FIBA. There are other little individual leagues and shit. I get that. But like, those are the two biggest entities in basketball, but they're not even direct competition. They're not. Exactly. If, yeah, it, sure. if it changed, if FIBA was like an international league that played regular season games and crowned a champion every year in the same vein the NBA does, then I would understand the argument. Then I can say, Okay, maybe the best play in the NBA, but if that was the case, maybe they wouldn't all play in the NBA. Some of them probably would try to make a name themselves with FIBA. Absolutely. Then I, I get the argument. But this is this isn't even apples and oranges. This is apples and zebras. So we gotta stop with it. I will give him a tie. That's the best I can do. But if you're if you're Ryan, he's like, fuck this. Me, I'm saying this is like 70-30. You're still wrong, but I'll give you an itch. Don't take it a mile, bro. <laughs> That's all you get from me. You're crazy for that shit. That's all I'm saying about that. We we respect Noah Lyles here, but I think, again, I said it last week, this is the wrong hill to die on, bro. And even if Giannis agrees with you and Paul George might think you might have a point, Paul George actually kind of sides with me of saying this is like, I can see both yeah. being called world champion. But you, you don't. I think NBA is too big of an association to ever disqualify from being considered a world champion. Man, they I'll tell you this. They do not want to see NBA teams register. No, God, no. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's it's over. If like, you get the team, like NBA teams, and not just the star players, because it's easier for a team to gel. Exactly. So, man, Different story so you, here. You throw the fucking Nuggets, the, the fucking Bucks, Heat. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, good luck. They're going <laughs> to bust Slovenia's ass. Like, that's just how yeah. it goes. You only have 32 teams in this fucking tournament in the first place. So, like, yeah. Look, come on, man. You know NBA teams would destroy these guys. Like, that's just how it goes. So, I'm waiting to see what LeBron does. If he puts together the A squad for this next go-around, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're keeping we're receipts, bro. <laughs> we're keeping <laughs> receipts because it ain't going to be sweet. I don't care who you play for. You're not going against that team. Hell no. Fuck mm -hmm. around and find out. All right. I think it's about that time to get the show started. What do you think? Yeah, let's get it started. As if let's... it didn't start yet. Yeah, let's get it. No, I did not officially start it. We don't start nah. it until the music plays. No, nah, this is just some gonna... bull jive. Right. Bull jive. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. Let's start that fucking music. Yeah. One, two, three. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Bank Bro Show, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we are your humble host. That guy's Ryan. My name is Siege. In uh -huh. case you did not know, it's hmm. four letters apiece. It's really easy to remember. In fact, I go by CJ, which is two That's letters. Two letters. Yeah. So if you can't remember that shit, I, I can't help you. I'm, I am so sorry. And Ryan, that's literally three R Y N. If because right. you're saying that. <laughs> 
I mean, it, we could we could really shorten this up if we really wanted to. So yeah, yeah don't forget that's the names. But we are back live in living color. It's good to be back. It's been a fun week. The fall weather is upon us. I've been in a hoodie all fucking day, and I love it. Give me more I mean, of this 52-degree weather. Yes, please. I've been in this windbreaker all day. That's a dope windbreaker. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's, it's old-school champion Ohio State windbreaker. Man, they need to bring yeah. those back. That's back from my day. Man. Everyone had the fucking starter jackets and the windbreakers. You got champion. Fucking, yes. Yeah, man. Yes. That's what it all got, was. Yep. I got I got a few more. They're I'll, I'll I'll bring them out during during the episode. I swear now. you have like a different team every time I see you with some different outfit. Like, you, do you even like Ohio State? You're a Michigan State fan. How do you no, like Ohio yeah. State? I just I like the color. See, look, hold up. These are the. <laughs> got... Oh, it's the color scheme. That's what it really is. Yes. Yeah. See these? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you, you, that's that's perfect. You know what I mean? That's I get perfect. that. That's Black that's a ones. fucking. Yeah. That's a smooth ass look. I get it. Yeah. I'm the same way. I got it. My shit's got to be head to toe. My wife doesn't understand that. She goes like, why does it matter? The same reason why I say like, if I'm wearing Adidas up here and up here, I'm not wearing Nikes on my feet. Like, you don't mix and match. And she go, and she thinks I'm crazy for that shit. I'm like, I, how do you not know that? Like, I need I know it. exactly what you mean. I need that I, shit correlated, bro. I would not wear Nike socks with Adidas. Right. That's just, yeah. like, what are you doing? So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, yes. So, we are back. This has been a very fun week in sports. If you're a fan of any kind of sport, there was something on the docket for you. You already know what we're going to get into today because week one of the NFL is now in the books. But for that, there is one fight we got to get into. Oh, fuck. We got to talk about the UFC first because that was this past Saturday. And again, like we mentioned in a small snippet from last week, we're not going to get into the whole card here because honestly... Mm, the car was mostly ass. I'm just putting that out there. Fights were decent. Nothing on paper looked that great. But the main event is a title fight, so we have to talk about that because our favorite man, Israel Adesanya, put his middleweight title on the line against a surprising contender in Sean Strickland. Now, before we get into analysis, I wanted to know your thoughts about when you saw this fight, what what did you think at Uh, first? First round knockout. Izzy by first round knockout. That's I exactly think right. I think everyone agreed with you. <laughs> yeah. That's why he was a minus seven hundred favorite. In just insane odds, this by all rights should have been a walk in the park for for Izzy. Now keep in mind the story going into this, and we mentioned this weeks ago. There was a contender for this that was much more interesting of a fight in Drinkus Duplessis DDP, as we call him on the show. That was set up about eh, eight nine weeks ago. And DDP had a foot injury, kind of a short camp. He really couldn't make it work. And he did pull his name from this fight for his own health's sake. You know, that it, that's part of the fight game. It is what it is. Yeah. So Dana White had to kind of cobble a fight together. And he picks the number five ranked Sean Strickland, who, if you don't know who that is, I don't blame you. I, he is a top five, top ten contender. But if you look at his record, it's really not that impressive. He's got, he's 27-5. Quite a few wins over some lower-ranked opponents, nothing spectacular, but huge losses to people like Alex Mahetta, Jared Cannonier, Kamaru Usman. So if anything, Strickland showed you that he gets swallowed up by the spotlight pretty easily. And as far as his game goes and his matchup with, with Izzy, with Strickland, notoriously no wrestling skills, no ground game. He's practically a boxer through and through. He's got some leg kicks he can throw, but... Most of his wins 
were either decision or he caught a few people. I think he caught like four knockouts, maybe, in his 10-year career. So Strickland didn't bring a lot of box office to this fight. Hence why the, the odds were heavily stacked against him. And the fact that it was kind of a short turnaround. You know, Izzy, we know Adesanya. We have gushed about that man this entire history of this podcast. So by all rights and purposes, this should have been a, a one and done. Which you don't want for your middleweight title fights. But hey, it's exciting sometimes when someone just gets knocked the fuck out in, two, in fucking two minutes. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> but... Getting into the analysis for it, that first round kind of showed you something. It was a little different. And I'm not sure, and I'm not going to make excuses for Izzy at all here. And when the E's first came out, Izzy, he flew it with his striking, his feints, his head movement was, was looking good early. But Strickland and his stance is a little odd. He stands up very tall, very straight, and he stays in the pocket. He's really good with keeping the pressure on, even if he's getting dotted up. So he was staying in Izzy's grill the whole fucking fight. And Izzy was doing a lot of perimeter, which is fine. It, we've seen Izzy do that all the time. He's very patient. So Izzy will, he'll wheel and deal. He'll take his strikes. He'll catch you with something nasty. And then it's done. As soon as you get those first couple of hits, he's in your head already. Izzy's a very good mental fighter. But Strickland was kind of staying in this. He was, he was taking a lot of good jabs. He was staying with his timing. And then, oh, he caught Izzy. With a massive right that I literally thought was going to be it. Now, Izzy's got a great chin, but when he caught, like, Izzy's whole head turned around with that punch. And I said, oh, fuck. He did last out the round. So thank God for that, because I don't know what we would have done if Izzy just got cleaned out like that. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Pretty fucking nuts. Uh, you know, round two came around, and, you know, Izzy started mixing up some high kicks. But again, Strickland was kind of just weathering the storm, staying very calm, you know, small movements, but Izzy was doing a lot of the moving around. He was kind of playing more of a chess game, and I feel like Strickland kind of forced Izzy to kind of play into his hands a little bit. So it was a little weird seeing that, just because Izzy's always been the aggressor, always been the one making you play his game. But the cat and mouse kind of flipped, where, you know, Strickland was a little more of the cat here. So that was a little strange. And again, Strickland's saying that there were some good hooks and some clean shots. And I mean, Izzy was getting tagged wide a bit. Very surprising on that one, too. Uh, going into round three, I thought it was kind of tied up, you know, one apiece. But it was still looking like Strickland was just the fresher of the two. But again, it was hard to tell. It was a very close fight most of the time just because Izzy just has that kind of poise. I think he just stayed with his game plan. And Strickland got the shots he needed to. But when it came to the headshots, Strickland was kind of outdotting him a little bit. So it's it was small wins to win rounds. It seemed like that was Strickland's idea. It wasn't anything crazy. He wasn't throwing huge hits. When he got some combos, it rocked Izzy a bit. But Strickland did just enough to keep winning these rounds bit by bit. It was definitely a, a game of inches. On and then rounds four and five, kind of the same thing. All of a sudden, they started talking about stats, and they said Izzy missed like a hundred shots, which is bananas. Izzy doesn't miss, at least not that much. I haven't even seen anybody kind of stay with him like that. And the fact that Strickland just kind of just stayed in the same strategy, same stance, and just small movements to defend against shots, that's really all it took. He didn't have to bow a lot. It was just small adjustments, and shots were just going left and right and passing him by. 
So Izzy had to do a lot of work. And by the time the fifth round came around, it was pretty shocking that Strickland had just kind of run through this whole game plan and still looked fresh as a daisy all the way to a ridiculous upset where Sean Strickland defeated Adesanya for his title by unanimous decision, which you don't see that very often either as a challenger. Normally, a champion has that little bit of an advantage for the judges, but this one on the scorecards, Strickland, all day, which is nuts. So, again, just wanted to get your thoughts on the fight, and let's talk about how massive of an upset this is, actually. Uh, Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on the fight are, okay, analysis-wise, <laughs> analysis-wise, yeah, Strickland, he kept the forward pressure, stayed in that weak-ass Philly shell, Check the leg kicks. <laughs> hit him with heavy. Whatever. We all know that. Cool. We all know it. But I'm going to reiterate this. Israel Adesanya was a minus 700 favorite. That means if you no. bet $700, you win 100. Exactly. Massive favorite. So the house was put on Izzy because nobody yes. gives Sean Strickland a chance. So if I'm Vegas mm. and all the money's on Adesanya and no money's on Strickland and you have to bet a lot of money to win a lot of money if you're going to bet with Izzy because remember, it's a minus 700 favorite. What better way to make money than to fix the fight and have the underdog win this fight? Oh, we're going with the Vegas blame again. <laughs> hey. I mean, hey. <laughs> when, and look, here's my reasoning for this. Yeah. Number one, this is the first time in a press conference Izzy as the champion didn't talk any shit. None. Didn't do he did not engage. Promoting. Did not engage at all. Did not f- go for any of Strickland's little jabs as far as you know, his verbal jabs. There was no story here at all. No, none. Nope. This is the first time we've seen Yeah, check. no bad blood. Uh, Another thing we've never seen from Adesanya before. I mean, we have, but that was just one time. He's never just randomly played possum. No, I thought that was a little strange too. He was playing possum in round one. Right. Like, like for what? Like, you didn't get hit with anything yet. No. Like, anything major. You know what I mean? Exactly. So why the fuck would you just sit there and play possum? And that's how he got caught. Yep. And that brings me to, okay, hold up. I got to make that check. Play possum. Boop. Third check mark. <laughs> Izzy throws straight punches. Yes. When he got caught, he, first he played possum. That's the second check mark. Yep. And then he came out and threw a left hook. <laughs> why? Would I, don't, you throw, I don't know. Like, why? <laughs> He's right in front of you. Right. You don't need, you don't need to make the distance longer. Just no, right. He's right there. Punch through his fucking face. Oh, 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 you, <laughs> yes, exactly. Right through it. And so if I'm, if I'm all the way out here, all this is exposed to get hit by what? The right boom, hand. Boom, boom. Yep. <clears throat> and like I, I don't said, get it. We've never seen Izzy fight like that. When no. he's fought a guy that is a presser fighter, he's put him out. That's right. Paulo Costa, put him out. Bingo. Uh, Jared Cannonier neutralized Jared Cannonier. Yep. So. Uh, to see this performance performance from both of these fighters, mm. um, yeah, it was surprising. Um, but Shocking. Once you, looked, once you looked at the numbers and looked at how much money was put on Adesanya versus <laughs> Strickland, um, yeah, you, you'd get why Vegas would fix it in the winner. Mm. And that brings me to another point. After the fight, Izzy didn't do a press conference. Nope. He's gone. First time, first time he's done that. Mm. Uh, and he posted up a video on his Instagram. I watched it. And he was like, eh. Yeah, losing sucks, but I like living more. Mm. So what does that mean? Let's take you back to the negotiation. Adesanya oh, is the A-side for this negotiation. They're negotiating this fight deal. Adesanya is the A-side. What does that mean? He's the favorite. He's going to get most of the bread. That's right. Whether Strickland wins or not, he's going to right. get more of the bread. 
so Strickland obviously won by UD, so he doesn't get a bonus. That's right. Um, Adesanya didn't get KO'd, so he doesn't lose any money. Nope. He didn't get finished and doesn't lose any money. Um, he's still the A-side, so he's still going to make more money. And what allows you to live freely? Money. Of course. And what has been the motivating factor this whole time, in my theory, money. <laughs> of course, of course. So point being, money is running this fight game. I fucking I mean... hate it. <laughs> tired of seeing this shit. It's been like this I for know. a long time, man. Because I fucking know. Adesanya will beat that man's ass any day of the week. I think I so. Damn. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Yeah, Strickland won. Cool. Great. I'll give him that. He's a champion. Right. He's not going to hold that belt for long. I'm just going to tell you that. Oh, no, no, no. And we'll get into that in a second because there's no fucking way. I'm calling already. And again, no, no disrespect. I'm saying one and done. I'm saying paper champ. I think whoever he gets next, I think is cleaning his fucking clock. No, this if he gets is, Izzy next, if, if, if they do the Izzy's cleaning them. Like he, done deal. Done deal. Man. It's a done but, deal. But you're absolutely right. The, just the whole fight, Izzy just seemed off. He was very flat footed. Like, I was just like, what? I'm not used go, to seeing him. He didn't move forward at all. Like normally no. he does counter strike, but he moves forward as well. Like in it, the Whitaker fight. Right. There was no pressure from him. He literally just circled the wagons the entire time. And I was like, that's not like Izzy at all. So it's, I don't know. We can speculate about it all we want, about what his real motivation was for this performance. Yes. Performance. But like you said, Strickland is a champion for now. I want to know how big of an upset is this to you? And I'm going to compare it mm -hmm. to a few. This is uh, the biggest Com of, biggest of all time in UFC history. So when you look at upsets in UFC, you think of Matt Serra be beating GSP. Ridiculous. You think of yep. Holly Holm beating Rounds of Rousey yep. and Chris Wyman beating Anderson Silva. So you have this one top of all time. Top of all time. I agree with you. Top of all time. <laughs> I thought I you were going to take something else. I actually think this is the biggest upset in UFC history. And let me let me let me say this shit. This man, Sean Strickland, fought in a Philly shell the whole fucking fight. Whole time. Anyone knows Old what time. a Philly shell is? You have one hand down. down by your stomach, your chin yep. by your shoulder, one hand like this. Yep. So that's how the that's how he got knocked out by that left hook by Pereira. Because <laughs> he fought in this dumbass shell and he kept moving forward. That's right. And so if Izzy knocked the fuck out of Pereira and went damn near the distance with him. In the mm. in the first fight, and was having his way up until he got TKO'd. That's right. Why wouldn't he finish Sean Strickland? The fuck didn't yeah. make any sense. Again, Did the show and MMA should never fucking work. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the best I've ever seen it, and it still should not have worked that well. No. I think this was more Izzy losing than Strickland actually becoming a champion and having that kind of real performance. It was a strange. The whole, the whole Very. thing was just strange. Very strange. I think that whole car was cursed from looking at it on paper, figuring out who was pulled and who couldn't make it, and it. The whole thing was just thrown together, and I, you could tell Dana White was just not happy. I don't think he's happy with Strickland even being champion right now. There's some speculation there that he almost tried to pull Strickland from this fight before it even happened, and now yeah. that Strickland's a champion, he's kind of like stuck with him for a little bit. He's just like, and you know, Dana White immediately called for the Adesanya rematch, and then exactly. he started walking it back. He started walking it back already. So, I don't know. I don't know what's next. It's, in my opinion, it is Adesanya as a rematch, or it's DDP time. You do bring in one of those two. DDP did earn this shot. The only reason this was not him was because of an injury. I don't think you hold that against him. I don't think he has to reprove anything. He has already climbed the mountain here. 
One of those two guys needs to be next, and I think either one of them takes Strickland down, just like that. I agree. Yeah, fucking crazy. That's a weird UFC in the books. We can move beyond that, but understand that we will be following what's next. As soon as it's announced, we will let you know, and we will be analyzing the next fight they signed for this because I think we're getting a quick turnaround. Maybe early 2024 is when you're going to see the next fight for this series. We'll see. But Strickland, I'm sorry, bro. I, I'm i not convinced you're champion material at all. Nah, at I, don't, all. I, I don't either. I think he's, uh, he's going to lose it, uh, like you said, as soon as he defends it. As soon as he defends it. All right. So transitioning from UFC back to the sport of kings, the great pigskin in the sky, and that is American football. Which is back in our on our television screens, back in our lives, back in my blood, my lungs. I love everything about the sport. And we started, of course, with Detroit and their massive, huge, fucking amazing upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. That was great. We had a quick analysis about that. If you guys did not catch the first edition of Nicks and Dimes, make sure you do that because we had quick, instant analysis. And I don't think anybody puts analysis as fast as the bank bros do. So y'all better mm. get ready for that for the rest of the season. We're going to have hard-hitting instant recaps for you for some more of these big-ass primetime games. Pushing that, that was, shit out of our ATM. That's right, boy. So that was a great way to start the entire season with some fucking fireworks. But then we settled into Sunday's slate of games. We will get into a few that we just saw some cool shit from, a few shout-outs. And then we will get into the meat and potatoes of what you already know I am dreading talking about. And I will try not to sob on the air. That's no, please, my do. Challenge. please do. No, please do. I can't. That's going to be my I challenge. Hear, I need to hear it all. The people need to hear it all. <laughs> we need to hear it all. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I do have to pay up two more shots. So I will take one now if you would like I'll to take get it into. Oh, wow. That's very nice of you. The Bears lost. And. I, thought the I was saving that one for the end because okay. that's my meatiest topic. But yeah. Oh, so we're saving. Say, okay, we're, we're saving Green Bay Chicago last. Oh, I mean, not last, just not right away. I've got a okay. few other games that are some small tidbits. Okay, and then I'm gonna I'm kind of going in the order of when the games were played. So Packers Bears okay. was a 3:25 game. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, you know what I mean. So yep. I will pour one up again. I got you. Sir. Delicious Bankers Club bourbon. Make sure you pick this shit up. Bankers Club, if you're listening, holla at you, boys. Holla. This shit is fire. Or Hennessy. Holla at us, man. Hennessy, I mean, any yeah. Any any cognac company out there, holla at me. Uh, whiskey, holla at that guy. Oh, yeah. Just Either that way, brown liquor. We'll be more than happy to make a partnership going. You know what I'm saying? It's brown liquor for brown folk. You feel me? <laughs> mm. Of all brown complexions. I'm a little yes. lighter. He's a little darker. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Hey, hey you got to have in between. So. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cheers. Cheers, bro. Fucking shot. Ah. All right. What games did you notice that you wanted to give a quick shout-out to? Man, let me get a quick shout-out to the former quarterback of the Detroit Lions, my Mm. boy, Matthew Stafford. Let me tell you, I watched the game. I'm not going in order. This is a 3 p.m. game. I'm sorry, C. That's okay. That's okay. But, man, I was watching this guy throw to nobody. I don't know how to say these guys' names. Nope. they seem like all NCAA 07 type players that were just randomly generated <laughs> when you're recruiting players. Like those are the best. I love those guys. That's exactly who he was throwing to. Tutu Atwell, uh, Van Jefferson, and um some some Hawaiian dude. Nakua? 
or something like that? What's Nakua, his name? something like that. Nakua? I got him on fantasy now. I got him on fantasy yeah, now. Of course but he, he did. Ran, he ran all the Cooper Cooper Cup routes. Right. And look at the stats. <laughs> <laughs> he had like 11 for 120 or something like that. That I is crazy. That right now, it's fucking but crazy. But shout out my dog, Matthew Stafford, man. He led an offense to drop like 30-some-odd points. I didn't write it down. Um, but he had – I wrote down his stats, though. He went. He didn't throw. He didn't throw any touchdowns, which is okay. But he went twenty four of thirty eight for three thirty four, mm. and his running game was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. He got help from Aaron Donald in that defense. But shout out to Matthew Stafford because he led that young offense with his veteran leadership and Super Bowl experience, and he got the job done in a tough environment in Seattle. You said it yourself. Seattle's one of the toughest places to play, and he got a dub in Seattle. Divisional That's- game, road. Yes. Man, big time win for Stafford. A solid fucking win in that division, 30 to 13. So, like, yes, this was a very, points. yeah, very strong win. Uh, to, to clarify, Tutu Atwell, six receptions, 119 yards. And mm. I'm, I, his name is Puka Nakua. I believe that's how you say it. Puka Nakua. Yeah. Something like that. And that is, he got 10 yards also for 119 yards. 10 catches. Two, yes, two 119 yard receivers. <laughs> On the same team, like you said, who the fuck are these guys? But Stafford made them look like stars. It was crazy. Yeah. They're like fucking 60 overalls in Madden. Right. They and can't they, even get separation. Like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> and it's all it needed. Uh, Kyron Williams had 52 yards on the ground, but he had two touchdowns. Cam mm-hmm. Akers had his own touchdown as well. So, But look at game, Cam Akers' stats. Yeah. Cam Akers, 22 carries for 29 yards. What I mean, the fuck my is gosh, that shit? That is so fucking bad. Holy shit. And they still got the job done in a solid fashion. So you're right. Shout out is absolutely warranted. And they still gave Cam Akers the ball over 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> they said, fuck it. Try it again, bro. You'll get you one. Try it. Up the middle. Up the middle. Up the right. middle. That's cool. You'll, you'll get there eventually. Good God. That shit was crazy. So you're absolutely That's right. Shit. Man, what about you, man? Who who stood out to you? What stood out to you? What team stood out to you? So this one is on the opposite spectrum, and I need to have a conversation with my man Joe Burrow. Ooh, Ooh Joe, Joe, Joe. Now, for those of you Joe. living under a rock, Joe Burrow just made history as becoming the highest paid NFL player of all time. He got the mm. bag. They backed up the Brinks truck to this man's house. And for good fucking reason, Joe Burrow has taken the league by storm. He has transformed Cincinnati into a powerhouse where Cincy used to be a laughing stock in the same vein as the Bears. But Cincy was notoriously bad every year. Now you put respect on Cincy's name. So Cincinnati had a big divisional game right out the gate against one of their hated rivals, the Cleveland Browns, in a nasty, wet weather game. And oh, Burrow. 14 out of 31 for 82 yards. That's that it. O of 8 when targeting T. Higgins. Exactly. What the fuck happened? This is a game where everything that could have gone wrong for Cincy went wrong for Cincy. Oh, Holy no. shit. The run game, not great. We love Joe Mixon around here. Mm-hmm. 56 yards. That's all he was able to get. Jamar Chase, who is a bona fide stud, five receptions for 39 yards. Like, wow, Boyd. Oh, read, read T. Higgins' stats. Oh, I'm getting there. Tyler Boyd, two receptions for 10 yards. T. Higgins, zeros across the board out of eight targets. What the fuck happened to Cincinnati? Now, again, caveat, this is week one. I get it. And Burrow's coming off an injury. He might still be lingering some. That that could be in the cards here. 
But this was a pathetic performance from a team I expect to be competing for a Super Bowl this coming season. So quick turnaround is hopefully happening for Cincinnati, but this was a big fucking wake-up call. On the other side of things, Cleveland looking pretty fucking good right now. That defense is looking like a fucking problem like they should be. Deshaun Watson, nothing spectacular for him. 16 of 29, 104 yards. He did enough to win. One touchdown, one pick. So he did Mm -hmm. enough. Nothing spectacular. Didn't help my fantasy team that much, but I didn't need help. Ah, sorry, Sam. Squashed your ass. But <laughs> I digress. The point is, actually, no, I'm sorry. I have two in this. I had Deshaun Watson in another league. But still, ha, ah, Sam, whatever. I think it but, might be the league I beat you in. Yeah, we won't get into that one because I already <laughs> told you I'm losing that fucking league. Darn, I'm going to be last place in your league. But the point is, I mean, Nick Chubb, like a stud again, 106 yards on the ground. He yep. has some backup, too, with Jerome Ford. But the point is, this was all Cleveland and no Cincy. And since he's got to look in the mirror, and I hope Burrow's healthy because, man, it's not the same with Burrow being on the shelf. I need Cincy oh, to be a player. I I think um, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm not panicking. I don't think so. Because I don't think you should. Cincinnati in the past with Joe Burrow has shown to be slow starters. They'll start yes. off the, the, the regular season relatively slow. True. Um, offense looks sluggish. Defense yeah. isn't that great anyway. O-line no. isn't that great anyway. So no. they get exposed early on in the season. But once that offense comes alive, oh, yeah. then it's like, it's, fuck. It's we got to put points up with these guys. <laughs> um, yes, prime Cincy will compete with anybody. Yeah. They've shown you that already. Uh, T. Higgins ain't going 0 for 8 again. No, that's not happening. No, So don't the, panic. The, the reason, I don't know how Joe Burrow overthrows a 6'4 receiver with that much talent and speed. No idea. I don't know. Anyway, that's beyond me. Don't panic, Cincy fans. You guys are okay. You're okay. It it's gonna be fine. You guys are. I still have them in a, play, a solid playoff spot. I still have them going very far. Just maybe work out that rust a little bit faster so things don't get too out of hand. Because again, I said in our preview that division a little tough, tough. little tough. tough to fucking figure out. You speaking do not of, want to fall behind early. Speaking of that division on the yes, other sir. side, of Cleveland, that pass rush was dominant. Yes. That pass rush is dominant. Uh, Miles Garrett, two tackles, a TFL, a sack, and four quarterback hits. Good God. Darius Smith, four quarterback hits. The defense as a whole, 10 quarterback hits, Woo. two sacks, four tackles for loss, four pass breakups. That Damn. defense was balling. And then the run game was complimentary. It was old school smash mouth football. Oh, the, yeah. As a team, 40 carries, 206 yards. You'll win a lot of games if you can hit the quarterback, yes. get to the quarterback, and run for 200 yards. Absolutely. You better win a lot of games like that. <laughs> Otherwise, something is fundamentally wrong. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Fucking loot. The other game I wanted to talk about for one quick second was San Francisco and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The reason I bring up this game, because by all rights and purposes, everybody knew Niners are winning this game. We we have gushed about the Niners' offense and their defense, and that is a Super Bowl-ready team. And it all stemmed on Brock Purdy and how healthy he was going to be and how good he was going to be on the field because it all stems from that quarterback position. Everything else is all systems go. Happy to say for the Niners, you got nothing to worry about Purdy. He came out looking great. And damn, 19-29, 220 yards, two touchdowns. That's What else are you going to ask for? He's spreading the ball around. He made Brandon Ayuk look like a fucking stud. Ayuk with a eight receptions for 129 yards and two touchdowns. What the fuck? 
What a performance from Ayuk. And good man to be getting that. He deserves those kind of flowers, too. And, of course, you have people like Debo catching in with 55. You know, Kittle had a little bit. Run game, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> what else you got hey. to McCaffrey? Hey, who, who got him in the vault? Who got him in the vault? You got him in the vault. Uh, McCaffrey is going to pay, as if we didn't, though. McCaffrey is going to pay. And who did I want? Who, who was I calling for? Who was I calling for? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. McCaffrey's making you look boy. like a fucking genius right now. <laughs> fucking 22 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. McCaffrey is still the man you fucking know and love. He is still the top running back in this league, in my opinion. He's like, the baddest white boy I've ever seen in my life. Ever, ever seen in the NFL, mm. at least. So, like, yeah. Again, you don't have to do much if you're in San Francisco to just plow through the majority of this league. Just do it's, your job. Just do your fucking job. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. I bring it up because of the other side. <laughs> we talked about a few weeks ago our sleepers for the year. Now, we were mm-hmm. talking about fantasy purposes. I understand that, too. But I did what I shouted out Kenny Pickett as being a sleeper this year because I really thought that I saw something that was like, hey, He's got a little something in the tank last year. His receivers are going to be healthy. He's going to be healthy. The offensive line was getting a little beefier. Like, cool, 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 cool. Ooh, Kenny, 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 Kenny. 31 for 40 out of 46 attempts, 232 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. That doesn't really paint the picture of how bad this team looked. At one mm-hmm. point in this game, it might have been halftime, not positive. The Niners had 199 total yards, and Pittsburgh had one. One yard of offense. That is... It might have been the second quarter. I believe it was the second quarter. I feel like it was getting close to halftime when I saw that stat, and I said, mm. how the fuck? How is that? Po- how are you a professional football team getting destroyed like that? And again, I know I have no reason to talk. I'm not talking shit. This is more of a logistics thing of just mathematically. How do you only have one yard in a quarter and a half? How is that even possible? Just on the laws of science. So... That was a little weird. And no, I'm not pulling my fucking recommendation that Kenny Pickett's a sleeper. I still think that he could be the guy here. But if he doesn't pull his head out of his ass, and I mean real quick, Pittsburgh is going to be in a very similar situation that Chicago found themselves in, where they're going to have to start Mitch Trubisky. And oh man, heaven help the Pittsburgh fans if you have to start Trubisky. Not saying Trubisky is a bad quarterback, but holy fuck, if your season is riding on that guy, Man, y'all just better enjoy that top fucking four draft pick because Caleb Williams. Fuck it's it. done. Get Caleb Williams. It's done. I would tank the season if that was the catch. So that's all I really wanted to mention about that was just yeah, Niners are exactly who we thought they were, but Pittsburgh. Oh, look in the mirror, guys. Wake the fuck up because this ain't gonna work. And um, again, you're in a division where you will get left behind. So fucking fast with the the other teams that you were competing with. You got to get some wins. And I like Pittsburgh. I'm a big Mike Tomlin guy. So I hate to see a black man down. Pittsburgh's got to fucking figure it out very fucking fast. Uh, I got the Steelers finishing last. Honestly, I do too. But shit, respectable at least. Could you be respectable? I don't don't know. know. I've never been a fan of Kenny Pickett. I'm not a fan either. I Uh, just think he's got something. I don't. I don't think he has anything. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be good. Mm, I don't. I, I think fair. he's going to have a a Mitch Trubisky type career. Oof. Ouch. To be completely but, honest. Hey. I mean, it's it's not terrible. It's not. That's still a not going to win bro. you a Super Bowl though. Not going to win you a God, Super Bowl. No. no. God. Um. I 
to be honest, from this game, I didn't learn anything. I watched the entire game. I was slipping through it because uh, I have Christian McCaffrey, like you said. So I was slipping through it, and he was going off, and I was smiling, loving it, like Mr. Burns. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> you feel me? Um, but well, I feel that. One thing I did learn, though, uh, was about the 49ers mm. and Brock Purdy. Uh, the number one receiver on that team is not George Kittle. It's not Christian McCaffrey, and it's not Debo Samuel. It is Brandon Ayuk. That Boom. is the number one target. You stop him. And then you focus on the other guys. The other guys are all decoys. Yeah, so Brandon Ayuk is the man. Absolutely, as he should be. I I think he is talented enough to be a number one receiver. He's he just receiver. happens to be on a team with a That's lot loaded. of mouths to feed. Loaded yeah. fucking team on yeah. both sides of the ball. So great for him. I don't think this is a case where like he's just showing up because of the talent surrounding him. I think if you ever gotten rid of him, I think he will show out on another team too. I think he's very talented. So I agree. I agree. Like the the Purdy wagon is back in effect, ladies and gentlemen. Choo choo woo woo. We just need to see how far it'll go. But man, performances like this, who's stopping him? Yeah, no, he did his thing. He did what he had to do to win the game. He didn't he didn't mess up. And in, nope. in a Shanahan offense, if you don't mess up, you're gonna win. Point blank Simple period. Point blank. Uh lastly, I'm sure you want to get into the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> because uh, they are your Super Bowl pick. I figured you wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so Specifically to that defense. Mm. Let me shout that Baltimore defense out real quick. Because I'm I feel like and shit. they don't get enough love. <laughs> I feel like they don't no. get enough love. And this tandem that they have for sure doesn't get enough love. And I know you'll appreciate this. Because one's a former Bear. That's right. Roquan Smith. Let mm. me fucking read you his stats. I miss that, man. Now, I, I didn't look at the stats while I was watching this game. But as I was watching this game, I was like, damn, Roquan Smith is pretty fucking good. He's a dog. He's oh always been a dog, dude. He's he's sideline to sideline, but he's just as good in the run game. Yep. Crazy, right? 16 total tackles, a sack, two TFLs, a quarterback hit. Now his sidekick, Patrick Queen. Yep. 11 tackles, a sack himself, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hit. What a These duo. linebackers. Oh, my goodness. These linebackers Crazy. controlled the entire game for the Baltimore Ravens. Crazy. They're the reason why they won this game. Uh, What, 24 to 6 or some shit like that? I believe it was, it was 25 to 9, excuse me. 25 to 9, yeah. Some low-ass scoring game. Uh, <laughs> the defense held up when the offense was rusty. And to make matters even scarier for the AFC North, the, the defense wasn't even healthy. Mm. And I really mind you, they went against Houston. I get it. It's Houston. It's Houston. I get it. That's fine. But. They didn't have their number one corner. Marcus Williams went out early in the game. And they lost uh, two offensive linemen in the game. Uh, I believe it was uh, the left tackle and uh, the center. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, they're both really good. I can't think of their names right. Linderbaum and um, the tackle is really fucking good. Ronnie Stanley. Oh, thank you. How did I forget Ronnie Stanley? Shit. Yeah, really fucking good. And they, they both went out. Lamar had a bad game. First game back in a while. But Zay, Zay Flowers. Woo, boy. That man is going to be something. That man is going to be something for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's their number one receiver. Odell oh. is a legit deep threat. Um, And wait till they get Mark Andrews. Yes. Wait until they get that big white boy back at tight end. And then this <laughs> offense is off, off to the fucking races, man. Yes. And floodgates are going to open. Uh, Sad thing is, though, they lost J.K. Dobbins for the year. I mean, it's nothing they haven't dealt with before. But J.K. was looking pretty damn good. He played about 80% of the snaps, scored a touchdown before he left. I'm um, so fucking bummed for Jake. For I, Man, we too. talked it's... about JK and how great of a player he is when he's healthy. They just got him back, 
and he's already out for the season. That yeah. just just heartbreaking. And it feels like JK, I hate saying it, but like he's gonna be one of those what if stories again in the NFL where it's like, what if he had stayed healthy? Like how good yeah. we have been. Because I think he is an immaculate player when he's yeah, completely I healthy. Totally agree. Um I that remember I mentioned bad. something when I said he was gonna be the breakout or the the, the comeback player of the year. Yes, he I was your guy. Where he wasn't being used as a receiver, but he can catch the ball. And yes. guess what they did uh, uh, Sunday? They threw him the fucking ball. Boom. I can only imagine what kind of season he would have had if he would have stayed healthy. Ugh, it's heartbreaking. Man, man, it's heartbreaking. Hopefully hopefully we get a full season of J.K. next year and he's healthy. I hope so. Hopefully. Um, That'd be nice. But at the running back position, I wouldn't panic uh, because I think they have viable backs. Oh, yeah. So not tripping at it. I still feel not comfortable enough. about the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. The whole thing. Some people said you were crazy for that pick, bro. <laughs> hey, that's cool. But how many people picked Philly to be in the Super Bowl last year? I know I didn't. <laughs> My point exactly. How many people expected Actually, Jalen Hurts to take that big of a leap? I actually were, did. But... They were questioning if he was a franchise yes. quarterback. Exactly. But I know, I know you and I talked about it. You're like, they're fucking stupid. They're so stupid. Yeah. But... but, yeah, there was that narrative for a while that he was not the guy. I'm like, give yeah. him fucking time. Give him time. And look what happened. AJ Brown came around, and now no. we talk about Hurts like he's a top three, like Super Bowl. Mm. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, oh, and prime to go back to Super Bowl this year. So absolutely, Jalen Hurts is doing just fine. People, yeah. And my point is, I'm, just expect the unexpected because it's never chalk. It's never. You're absolutely right. You've said that many times too. It's never chalk. You never. just don't know. This is a great sport. You just never know. Even the ones that are surefire bets. Yep. You don't know. Absolutely. You don't know. All right, I'm going to take my last shot, and I'm going to get into my team, which is I'm going to need my shot just to talk about this fucking game. Hey, you, should, you should put like a storm. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. Storm, because you're about to cry. No? <laughs> no tears. Just pain. Oh, God, bourbon. Thank you, Bankers Club. You make an amazing bourbon. But like I said before, don't shoot your bourbon. Just sip it. Treat it nicely. Make love to your whiskey, remember? <laughs> That's for our long-term listeners. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. I'm taking my glasses off for this one. Jeez. Yeah. Number one, because I'm sweating, because the bourbon is coursing through my veins, and I'm wearing a hoodie, and I sweat b- by the drop of a dime. <laughs> but I need to address my team real fucking fast. If if you didn't know, the Packers and Bears played week one. Now, this is the oldest rivalry in the, in the sport. Long-term... Bad blood between these two teams. And as a Bears fan, by choice, personally, I get that. Living in Wisconsin, I've always had it rough. I've been very loyal to this team throughout all the bullshit. I have lived the highs and the lows. The Bears won a Super Bowl the year I was born, 1985. It's the only one they've got. And some Bears fans are deluded and they keep bringing that Super Bowl up. I am not one of those fans. I don't care. I wasn't even allowed to see it. I have books in my library that talk about it. I've seen many documentaries. I've had VHSs that talk about that fucking team because it's legendary. We don't have to go into that. Everyone knows that Bears team. And every team since then in Chicago has tried to live up to that standard. The number one standard for the Chicago Bears has always been beat Green Bay. Any coach that comes in, beat Green Bay. Any player that gets drafted, who gets traded, Beat Green Bay. Nothing else fucking matters. I'm not even saying Super Bowl. Because at this point, who the fuck knows that's ever going to happen again for that? But you beat Green Bay. No matter what. Now, we'll put a caveat here and say, I know 
last week I said that this is one game. I am not putting a bunch of stock into this game, regardless of who won. I'm standing by that. It's still just one game for Green Bay. For Chicago, this needed to be a win. And not only did it need to be a win, it needed to be a solid fucking victory over a long-time blood rival. And not only did that not happen, the Bears were humiliated. Humiliated. At home, mind you. Now, normally, again, with your record, it doesn't really matter. Chicago loses at home and on the road to Green Bay. That's just kind of how it goes lately. Up until the last few years, that team-to-team record between the two has been pretty fucking even. In fact, up until about maybe last year or so, two years ago, Chicago owned the record. They were the ones who won more than Green Bay in this series. That has now flipped since a couple years ago. But the whole point I'm making it, that's the one thing on their fucking whiteboard. There's no plays drawn out. It just says beat Green Bay. This is a new era. Jordan Love, Justin Fields. Justin Fields taking the next step in his career. Jordan Love getting the reins for Green Bay. And like we mentioned before, Jordan Love looked good in the preseason. Not strong, not amazing. Good. He took care of the ball, got a, few, a couple touchdowns. Great. Fields didn't get a lot of work in the offseason, in, in, the, in the preseason, I mean. But he still looked good for what it was. I talked about it a little bit. Like, hey, some things were tweaked. He wasn't holding on to the ball too long. His decision-making looked a little bit crisper. Cool. There's no Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay anymore. Ding dong, the witch is dead. They didn't even have Christian Watson, who I still consider their number one receiver. I know it's not really the case. They don't really have a number one. But their second guy, Romeo Dobbs, was limited. So top two receivers either out completely or limited in action, limited snaps, whatever. And they still get blown out. And not only do they get blown out, they get blown out in the saddest fucking fashion. I am convinced that Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator for Chicago, is a mole for Green Bay. Because every time we play these guys, whenever Getze has been the play caller, all of a sudden, we can't make a completion to save our lives. All of a sudden, every fucking play is a stupid screen or a stupid lateral or something just really ridiculous that doesn't fucking work. We're running up the middle. We're running Dante Foreman a hundred fucking times and not Khalil Herbert. I don't get that. Here's the biggest, even with all that shit, here's the biggest thing where I was like, what the fuck are we doing? As you recall, the Bears traded the number one draft pick for a package that included DJ Moore. I have been gushing about DJ Moore all fucking summer. I have been watching the clips. I've been watching the summer tape. I've been watching the practices. And him and Fields looked immaculate together. It looked like a match made in heaven. Someone please explain to me how we threw to DJ Moore twice in one game. Two times. Two times. You traded the number one pick for a receiver who threw to twice. And I know he was covered by Jair Alexander the entire time. We mentioned that was going to be a key factor. You threw to him twice. No, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. I went back today and watched the film, took notes on a bunch of games. Yeah. Uh, he was open a lot. A lot. I don't know How why do you he was on the ball. A lot of the plays that Chicago did were at the line of scrimmage, from what I saw. It that was the entire play call was everything dope. at the line of scrimmage. What the fuck? Somehow we have coached the Justin Fields out of Justin Fields. We looked at the tape from last year and said, Oh, he runs a lot. Oh, he can only do short passes. And instead of letting him even run in design runs, we just let, nope, short pass, kind of behind the back, maybe a handoff. Just the most pedestrian fucking play call I've ever seen. Not to mention, 
people like Chase Claypool, who I have tried to vouch for Chase Claypool because everyone gave a shit because we somehow gave a first-round pick, which, again, was a second with a technicality, but he was worth a first-round pick. Claypool is ass, and I am so sorry. I can't give him the doubt anymore. That's exactly what I texted you. I 100% agree with you. (laughs) I watched that man in pass block. I've watched him go on routes, and he was trashed the entire fucking game. And there's no excuses this time. We said this season was no excuses. There are weapons. There was a little more protection. The offensive line is still was still beat up, but there was more protection on paper. Our defense had some beefier shit going on. We had Tremaine Edmonds. We had TJ Edwards. We had Ngakwe. Like, we had players on this team now. So there was no more excuses for anybody. Claypool was one of the biggest names who needed to prove himself in this fucking game. And that's what you came up with. Laziness. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? That's what we have to offer on this fucking I'll give you an example. I was at a party at my guy's house watching this game. And I had all my bear shit on. I had my fucking Erlacher jersey on, which I haven't worn in like fucking 10 years. I think the last time I wore my Erlacher jersey was shortly after Sully was born. Mm. Mostly because I got too fat to wear it. But the point remains, I don't wear that jersey. I felt froggy enough to wear the white Erlacher jersey. And I said, we're going in with a defensive mentality and we need prime Erlacher's mentality to get the job done. That's what you came up with. I got so mad that shortly after the game was over, actually, no, I think there's maybe five minutes left in the game. I took my, I excused myself. I got up and said, hey, babe, I need to grab something from the car. Where are the keys? Keep in mind, we live around the corner from our friends here who we're watching the game with. So I said, babe, I need to grab something from the car. Let me get the keys. I grabbed the keys. I jumped in the car and I fucking sped off back to my house. And I ripped off my fucking bear shit, put on a different fucking outfit, came back real smooth, and pretended like I was never wearing it in the first place. That's how fucking pissed I was. He did the homer. He went to the bushes and came back out. (laughs) Literally, I did the homer Simpson. Yes, that I could feel the blood boiling. And that sucks because I was not putting that much stock into this game. But when you're sitting there watching the entire thing fall apart, the wheels fall off the fucking wagon, and just you look at the sideline, the Bears are just like unmotivated. They're just sitting there, hands, they're sitting on their hands. Nobody's even talking to each other. They're just stunned. They're shocked. And I sat there just like, I don't understand. No, I'm not saying we were going to win. That was my bet. That's why I took my shots. But at the very least, this should have been a more competitive game. This seemed like the the playing field was even. Holy fuck, am I, am I dead wrong about this fucking team? Again, I get it's one game, but it's not, though. This is years and years of the Bears shitting the bed whenever Green Bay comes to town. It's a little ridiculous now. They are an NFL team the same way the Bears are. There's no real difference here. The only real difference is belief. The only real difference is skills. Being a better version of yourself putting the effort in. This is a Matt Eberflus team, and he talks about the fucking hits principle and shit. And for those of you who don't know, the hits principle is like it's hustle, intensity, takeaways, and smart playing. There was none of that. Where was any of that from anybody on this team? What is it going to take for this team to wake the fuck up and actually compete? I have no idea. And you can't say it's going to be like a, oh, well, we'll just tank this season and get like the number one and number two draft picks and then turn it around next year. You are not bringing Caleb Williams into this fucking team and expecting him to save this franchise. 
And as much as I love Marvin Harrison Jr., it doesn't matter if we have him if we can't get him the ball. It doesn't matter if we have those two talents if the schemes and the coaching are shit, if the protection is awful, the offensive line is still horrendous, even with the additions. It's nuts. I am so tired of watching this team embarrass themselves. I am at a crossroads as a fan. It really fucking sucks because I want to be a loyal Bears fan like I've been my entire life. But holy shit, you guys are not making it easy on any fans. And the fucked up thing is you keep raising ticket prices, you keep trying to get a new stadium and put lipstick on a pig like it's going to fucking help things. Fix the fucking team. They're owned by a 101-year-old woman. Sell the goddamn team to someone who gives a shit about football and is not collecting a fucking paycheck because she married into the family 80 years ago and shit. That's all that family, the McCaskey family, gives a shit about is collecting the paychecks. They're not going to give a shit about putting a winning franchise on the field because Bears fans keep buying all the fucking merchandise. We keep selling out the fucking stadium. It doesn't matter how bad the team is. Until mm. we change that, you're going to get the same fucking team every single time. That is plain and simple. I'll give you one better here. One of our newest members, Tremaine Edmonds, who I was thrilled to get on this defense, and who did play a, a good game. Nobody else fucking helped him. But after the game, I quote, he says, you can't let one game define you. And this game is definitely not going to define us. It's not losses. It's lessons. We can take lessons out of this and we can learn from it and get better. Tremaine, I'm not going to hold this against you because you're new here. That's the same bullshit that they have fed Bears fans almost to the exact words you're using for the last fucking decade. Even before Matt Nagy. That's some John Fox shit. That's the same shit. If you're a Matt Nagy era guy, we got to find out the whys and dissect them and figure out what we can do. It's the same Kool-Aid cookie cutter bullshit that really just means we have no business playing football. That's what that fucking means. We have no idea what we're doing. We have coaches who are in over their heads. We have players who don't know their fucking assignments. And we have skill position players who are shitting the bed. That's all that fucking means. Learn some fucking lessons. We are tired of learning lessons. When do we get to apply what we've learned and turn it into a winning fucking franchise? We're sick of the lessons. Stop the fucking lessons. I'm done with the fucking lessons. If you haven't learned it by now, get a new job. Plain and fucking simple. I'm going to put oxygen back into my fucking body and stop talking for a second. We have Tampa Bay next. I'm not convinced we can beat them either. And that's Baker Mayfield. I think we should kick his fucking ass. I don't think we can, which is fucking nuts. Because I think anybody else can beat Tampa. I don't I don't fear Tampa. Especially without Right. They just beat Minnesota. And I don't fear Minnesota. We talk about Kirk Cousins all the time. I don't give a shit about Minnesota either. But Tampa without Brady? Fuck you guys. I still think we're gonna lose this fucking game. That's so messed up. The Bears have a really good chance of starting this whole season like 0 3, at least, at minimum. Look in the mirror, come to work, fix all this bullshit. And I mean fix it now because Bear fans are going to tear that place apart very fucking soon if we have to keep on putting up with this spoon-fed bullshit and this lackluster product on the field. Be professionals. Have some fucking pride because the rest of the division around you, look at the Lions who have eaten shit for decades. Look at them now. Who's talking shit about the Lions right now? Nobody. 
Who's fearing the Lions right now? A shit ton of people. You say what you want about the Vikings, but at least they're contenders every year. Whatever Cousins gets them, he still gets some double-digit wins. And they won the division last year. Exactly. And with Jordan Love, do I think he's that guy? Fuck no. I don't think this proved anything for Jordan Love. He, he looked good. Guys. He just beat us. We made it easy on Jordan Love. You put Jordan Love against a fucking team that actually gives a shit, he's getting eaten alive. I'll stand by that for the rest of the fucking season. That didn't prove anything for me for Green Bay. We just let them have that. But Chicago, it's time, man. Stop fucking around and get to work. I'm out of oxygen. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, brutal. Brutal loss. Man, uh, unfortunately for you guys, you guys don't have Aaron Jones. Oh, he ate us up. He ate us like 4th of July barbecue, bro. Man, he had 11 total touches. Only 11 touches. 127 yards. Just carved us up. Two touchdowns. Oh. He only touched the ball 11 times, and he was on the sidelines getting his... He pulled his hamstring before he scored on you guys. Exactly. Went back, massaged his hamstring, looked at the camera, posed real quick, and didn't come back in the game. Did I mention they lost Jaden Reed, too? Another star receiver that they're trying to build up. They had no one left on that team, and they still blew the fucking doors off the stadium. Pathetic. Pathetic. Get it together, Chicago. Um, I think Chicago would be a much better team if they did what I've been telling them to do and run Roshan Johnson. Thank you. He came in, and he trucked somebody ASAP. <laughs> So fast. First time he touched the ball, he trucked somebody ASAP. And then he caught like a little explosive player. He caught like a little ball in the flat. He ran he made like three people miss, ran out of bounds. I'm like, damn, why he been in the game? We ran Dante Foreman the entire fucking time. I'm like watching that practice. You saw his game tape when you drafted him. You knew what you were bringing in. He backed up Bijan Robinson successfully. He runs with power, but at the same time, he can catch the ball. Let's not use that guy. Let him just sit. Get a fucking Gatorade. What that's the fuck? Literally, that's literally Herbert and Foreman put together. Right. What do we? What? What's he got to do? Oh my god! Like. And then you go three for thirteen on third downs. Oh my god! Pathetic. Pathetic. Fields, Man. brother. I have been your biggest supporter, and all he, the naysayers talk all this shit that you can't throw. He did two attempts past ten yards in the entire fucking game. Why are we not pushing the ball down the field? We have receivers now. Mooney caught a couple great ones. Why? And where are we not down the fucking field? Like (laughs) push the ball down the field. Why is everything going to the sides? And we're just getting eaten up on three yard plays. It may oh my god, it makes no fucking sense. The entire game plan made no fucking sense against a team you desperately needed to beat soundly. Man, I gotta stop yeah. yelling. I'm yelling all over this fucking show. We can he move on. Too bad, though. I, I didn't think he looked too bad. He he needed a lot of help. He didn't look yeah. terrible, but no, boy, was nobody fucking helping him. He there there'd be moments in the game where he'd make a play, he'll complete a pass, and he'll get called back because of holding. Exactly. Or same some, old bear shit. Or some bullshit where he'll run for a first down, but then uh some offensive lineman goes and hits a fucking corner late, and then there's a flag, and that first down gets called back. Self-inflicted injuries all the fucking time. It's the same shit we always do year after year. But every coach that comes in claims that the discipline is the first part of their fucking plan. And then we shoot ourselves in the dick every game. It is maddening. I have gray hairs just from this team alone. That being said, 
I still have hope that we are going to at least get seven wins. This fucking sucked, and this hurt, and I had to eat a lot of crow at home and at work and with my friends. Whatever. We move on to week two. We still got a lot of games to play, but if y'all come out with that same old bullshit against Tampa, someone needs to be fucking fired. I'm just putting that out there. And Getsy, I'm looking at your punk ass. I really think you're a stooge. I think Green Bay's got you on the payroll, and I think your game plan this coming week is going to tell me everything I need to know. Because if you're doing the same old shit, then I think you're just inept. Then I think you're just not good at your job. But if you do a completely different game plan, then I know you're a mole. You just like Green Bay winning that shit. Getsy, I'm on to you. I'm on to you. Let us progress into another game before I have a fucking aneurysm on our show, which I don't want to do that. Cool. (laughs) The night game of that same Sunday slate was the Cowboys and Giants. We won't get into a lot of analysis there because (laughs) there's nothing to analyze for this fucking game. This was a shellacking, if you want to call it that, the Dallas Cowboys dismantled the Giants 40 to nothing. You may talk about that game for a second. <laughs> uh, I didn't learn a goddamn thing. The Giants no. are exactly who I thought they were. They're just some dudes in Saquon Barkley. Oh, and Darren Waller. <laughs> Somewhat Darren Waller. Saquon, Waller, and some dudes mm. on offense, that is. Uh, Daniel Official Jones team name. When you shit. Nope. Uh, Daniel Jones should have never gotten paid that much. You paid him, him like he's going to win you everything. You damn near would have been better off starting Tyrod Taylor. Ooh, love me some Tyrod. Uh, yeah. And as far as the Cowboys go, their defense is for real. Yes, it is. I will give them that. That defense is for real. That pass rush is hellacious. Ooh. Uh, Micah Parsons. Oh, my God. He's looking, man, he might be the best defensive end. In I'm calling defensive player of the year. I'm just putting that out there. Hey, he he's in the running. He's definitely like shit. I know Aaron Donald's always the front runner, but Parsons is a bad, bad man. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, the reason why I think Dallas is still going to miss the playoffs is because their offense is extremely pedestrian. Woo! Yes, it was. Uh, Dak yes, was, was mediocre. Oh yeah, thirteen make- to twenty-four attempts, one hundred and forty-three yards, zero touchdowns, and a forty-point win. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Not one. In a forty-point win against the Giants, not one touchdown. This is and all ground game and defense. How many times did the defense spot you the ball in great position? All the fucking time. The entire game. So what the fuck is going on, Dallas? I think it's time to start Trey Lance, don't you think? No, 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 no. Ah, let's not Let poke chill, the bear yet. <laughs> He's going to chill. chill. Land the cut. But truth be told, <laughs> Dak is not that guy. Nope. You guys wasted a lot of money on Dak Prescott. And you guys are mm. seeing the ramifications of that bullshit right now. Bullshit. That's mm. all there is to it. Dallas... To me, he's still gonna miss the playoffs. <laughs> I do have him as a wild card, but I have him as a first as Detroit taking care of business in that fucking playoff. Oh yeah, they better they better hope they miss the playoffs because they don't want an ass whooping from Detroit. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. They better hope they miss the playoffs. And again, I know Giants. I can't talk shit because the Bears shit the bed too. But damn, at least we went down swinging. Fuck, what did y'all even do in this game? What yeah. what happened? No. <laughs> what the fuck? No facts. Uh, Daniel Jones was dead and shit. <laughs> Total ass. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm assuming Giants bounce back. I think they have the Cardinals next, so that's a great spot to fuck somebody up and get get your momentum momentum. Yeah. And Dallas, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna read it one more time. That Dallas defense went the fucking work. Seven sacks, ten tackles for loss, twelve quarterback oh. hits. 
two picks, and then they nasty, scored. Nasty, nasty stats. Oh, my God. So, no, Dallas, they're not going to do that shit again. But this is a great first outing and saying, hey, remember us? So Our defense is, yeah. The defense is Might pretty be the fucking best in the stellar. I, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. It really is. As much as I don't want to give Dallas credit for anything, damn, that defense is pretty nasty. Absolutely. Last but not least, we got to bring up the elephant in the room, the massive fucking elephant in the room. And that was the primetime game on Sunday between the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And the New York Jets having the debut of their new all-star quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. All the speculation that we have been discussing on this show and every other sports show in the nation for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Does Aaron Rodgers bring the Jets a Super Bowl? How big is this move? What's he going to look like? And having the Bills as your first test, who is my pick for the Super Bowl champion this year. Do I call him world champion and piss somebody off? Anyway, I'm just saying <laughs> the, the possible world champion, Buffalo Bills, there you go. as their first test. So all eyes were on this fucking game. And they even had Aaron Rodgers run out the fucking tunnel with an American flag. Like, this was going to be some crazy shit. The big story coming out is that Aaron Rodgers, within four plays, the first drive that the Jets took, Leonard Floyd busts through the line pretty fucking easily, gives Aaron Rodgers a very sound tackle, nothing vicious, kind of came down soft, if you ask me. Didn't want to hurt him too much. But if you look at the replay, Rodgers' ankle takes a nice little twist, and Rodgers stands up, has this look on his face like somebody kicked his fucking dog, and he slowly sits on his ass, and the entire fucking arena, and honestly, the entire world, went silent. And they tended to Rodgers, kind of take him out in the cart, blue medical tent. Everyone's fearing the worst. The look on Robert, Robert Sala's face, the, the head coach of the Jets, is like he saw a fucking ghost. And that ghost was probably the season that would have been for the Jets. I still had the Jets losing completely in the first round because I'm not giving Rodgers any fucking credit. But the news the next day came out and Rodgers completely tore his Achilles and is out for the season. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I have no love loss for Aaron Rodgers. I have long said that this man has been a thorn in my side as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, shitting down the Bears' throats every fucking year. I couldn't stand Aaron Rodgers, but I always respected him as a player. And we never wish anything poorly when it comes to health for these quarterbacks or any of these fucking NFL players. So for Rodgers to go down the way he did after all of this fucking hype, and mind you, this whole trade agreement that happened between the Jets and the Packers, Rodgers needed to complete at least 65% of his offensive snaps for the Packers to get a first-round pick for the trade. Hey, so you should be happy. That part of me is happy. I'm not going to lie. That, <laughs> that part of me, yeah. that part of me made me cackle like a little fucking schoolgirl. <laughs> Suck it, Green Bay. But... It sucks that it had to go down that way. Because, long story short, I was still morbidly curious to see how he was going to do with this fucking team. I wanted him to go down, yes, but I wanted him to go down with the fucking team. Not like that. This is like the easy way out when it comes to my hatred for Rodgers. This is the easy way out. I can't be talking shit about the guy who tore his fucking Achilles on his first fucking drive. That's just bad fucking luck. That is the Jets being a fucking cursed franchise. Holy and then shit. that makes you look like a shithead if you're going to talk Exactly. Shit about yeah. I would never talk shit about Aaron Rodgers when it comes to his injury. I watched that man break his fucking collarbone against the Bears quite a few years ago, and that shit even felt a little fucked up to even be cheering, but I was drunk, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I felt bad, I felt bad the next day. 
But this, seeing the hope drain from the Jets fans like that, sad. I felt bad. That really fucking sucks. And as a person, I hope he bounces back. I don't know if he's coming back to the league. He says he is. He said it today. He will be back. But, be back. bro, you're turning 40. That's that's tough. I don't think I think he can do it. He'd be fine. But it's not gonna be easy. It's like we said, it's the Kevin Durant injury. And Durant came back looking great. But Kevin Durant's not 40 either. You think it'll Uh, be fine? Rodgers will be fine because the quarterback position doesn't require you to like super athletic. As long as you can move in the pocket, and Rodgers has shown he can move in the pocket. Rodgers has enough mobility to be evasive in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, Even at this This age, yeah. He's still pretty mobile in his career. He's still relatively mobile, way more mobile than Tom Brady ever wished he could. That's true. Um, I think I think Rodgers would be okay. Um, but man, it's just meant to be for Zach Wilson to be their franchise quarterback. Oh, <laughs> Zach Wilson! Oh man! Shout out to Zach Wilson. Man. He came in, fucked a mill before the game, and won him the game. Man, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Zach Wilson. Man. Yes, that um, is correct. Jets did end up winning this fucking game. <laughs> I actually don't want to get into the Jets. So mm. much because I feel like the story of this game is yep. actually the Bills. Absolutely true. And how much they disappoint. Oh, and how much Josh Allen specifically failed to capitalize oh, on a golden opportunity, which is exactly why I told you this is not the year for the Bills. They had their time. They fucking missed their time. And that's why Stefan Diggs was upset. It's because it's one game. Hey, it's one game. Okay, cool. But Josh Allen. <laughs> Leads the NFL in turnovers. Yes, he does. It's bad. 2018. It's bad. He threw three picks on Monday, and he lost the fucking fumble. In a butt fumble. It was a butt fumble in the Jets stadium. (laughs) Where the quarterback of the Jets had his own butt fumble. Mark Sanchez, yes. that's just. I thought it was so ironic that Josh Allen gets the butt fumble in the fucking stadium, bro. Oh, Um, and to get outdueled by Zach Wilson wow. in overtime to wow. throw three picks to the same safety over and over and over again. Like, yo, this game is all on Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs balled out. Yep. The defense played well enough for you to win. Josh Allen was careless with the football. Oh, yeah. Um, And he put his team in positions to lose the game. And that's the story of the game to me. Because this was served up on a platter for Josh Allen to say, it. you know what? This is still my division. I'm the best quarterback in this division. Yep. And I'm going to show exactly why. And I can only imagine what would have happened if Rodgers was healthy. Oh, the Jets would have Woo! been a number on the Bills. Oh, my. Whole different story. Whole different story. Mm-hmm. And I would have felt even more comfortable picking the Jets to win that division because that's what I did. <laughs> but you know what? The Jets defense showed up. They did. Absolutely did. And they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Robert Sala, he's, he's a hell of a coach. I absolutely respect that, man. Um, And I love what he's doing with his team and his defense specifically. I think uh, Quentin Williams was a beast. Sauce looked really good. Jordan Whitehead, fucking three picks. Woo! This defense will keep this team in a lot of games. I don't know. I definitely don't have them winning the division anymore. Nope. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Mm, Um, Not with Zach Wilson. I just, I don't see it. Hey, what if if Zach Wilson turns into Mark Sanchez where he's just a game (laughs) They could I mean, make the playoffs that way. They could. They, they don't need they, – they could use a Mitch Trubisky, and they'll be okay. That team is another one that's crafted to compete at a high level. Yes. But Zach Wilson has to be different than he was. Like, Just he yes. can't be hero ball 
Zach Wilson. He's got to be a game manager, like you said. And I think he's onto something, but I don't know. This one seemed more of an emotional win where I don't know how he goes forward from here. We'll see. No, not in this division with Tua and... I mean, Josh Allen will pick it up. He's not going to yes. have one touchdown against four fucking turnovers ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not really a thing. No. No. But, man, tough, tough break for the fucking Jets. Uh, I do feel bad for them. Jets didn't do anything wrong to me, at least personally. So, I do yeah. feel bad. They are, like, my wife's favorite team outside of the Bears for some fucking reason. I think because she went to college in New York, so she's always been a Jets fan. Mm. But, I, you know, like we said, the same way I felt about the Lions being disruptors in this league and how it's just cool to see something different. I felt the same way about the Jets pre-Aaron Rodgers that, like, the Jets were really building something to be a top contender in this fucking league. So that was cool to watch kind of organically grow. But Zach Wilson's a question mark. The rest of the team I'm not really that concerned about. I still think they have great weapons on offense. That defense is pretty fucking stellar. It could happen, but... I think the Rodgers thing takes it down quite a few notches, and we have to wait and see. But, oh, boy. As a side note, I don't know if you saw this fucking story. Have you heard about the the bar in Milwaukee, Jack's American yeah. Pub? Uh, I, I wanted to bring that shit up real quick because that's hilarious. I fucking the, love it. For those of you who don't know, there's a, a bar in Milwaukee called Jack's American Pub. And before the season started, because they were salty about the Aaron Rodgers trade and everything that went through with drama between him and Green Bay, they had this whole scenario where you come to their bar, anytime Rodgers and the Jets loses the game, they pay for your fucking bar tab. It was amazing. That was a that was the notion going in because they figured Rodgers probably going to get a lot of games. So this is a fun way of getting a good crowd going. And getting some hype about the bar. And here's what happened. <laughs> At first, everyone was running up the bar tabs. As soon as Rogers went down, everyone in the fucking bar was like, top shelf, give me 20 shots of this, 30 shots of this. I need six beers. Let me get that bucket of beers. Let me get that fucking 20-piece wings. They ran up massive bar tabs because by all rights and purposes, Jets were going to fucking lose this game. They had no Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Like we mentioned, the Jets came back in overtime on a ridiculous 65-yard punt return from Xavier Gibson and won the fucking game, stunning the Buffalo Bills 22-16. to So the news was at the bar when that happened, and all those people in that bar all of a sudden had to pay their bar tabs. Hilarious that that happened. That's what you get for laughing at injury because they were fucking celebrating as soon as Rodgers got carted off. Those fans went nuts, and karma bitch you in the dick real fucking fast. Real fucking. I just wanted to make sure we put that out there. Man, I believe. I... I don't know if Jax is going to keep doing this bet now that Rodgers is gone. I don't know. They'd be smart to pull it. But, man, how no. ironic is that shit? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I fucking love that the Jets won because of that reason alone. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yo, you got to be, why are you that salty? Right. Like, why are you that angry? To, to, to fucking, as fans, I, I should say. Right. To fucking run up your bar tab in hopes of someone else failing. Right. That's some petty shit. No, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pay for your tab. Right. And go the fuck home and go to that job that you hate. Exactly. Hung over as fuck because you ran that shit up. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that karma just coming back, cycling at you. Yeah. That's what that shit was. Yeah. 
exactly. Maybe you should uh not be a shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the real PSA. Don't yeah. be a shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what a fucking week of football, man. I am I am somewhat looking forward to week 2 outside of my team because I'm dreading that fucking game. Mm. But the rest of the week 2 slate looks pretty fucking good. Some fucking classic games in there. Should be a really exciting week that we, of course, will recap for you next week. In the meantime, sir, what are your last words for that adoring public of yours? <laughs> last words, man. Um, If you watch the Lions game, make Ooh. sure you wear a blue ski mask. That's what yeah. Gardner Johnson. Now I got mine coming in. I'm about to go. Uh, don't don't let us win. Oh, you next Wednesday you we one? win. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm going crazy. I'm, please don't let us win. Did you order Did, one? Oh, I ordered one. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm wait. all in. I love I the culture wait. that we're building with this defense with CJ Gardner Johnson. We've needed this for a long time. So if oh, you yeah. support the Lions on behalf of your boy. Please wear a blue ski mask this weekend, whether you watch the game or not. If you going out, you just want to look different. Wear a blue ski mask. Who the fuck wears that shit? Exactly. I don't see it. I don't see it very often <laughs> at all. Uh, my last words, if you're a Bears fan, instead of a ski mask, find you a nice paper bag. That's brown. Cuts, brown paper bag. Yes, you cut some holes around eye level. Definitely want to put one for your nose and a little mouth hole. And whatever you want to draw on it, it's fine. You, you feel creative. Let those creative juices flow. But when the Bears play... All you have to do is take that bag and just put it over your head and understand the shame that is heading our way this season because my hope for this team has dramatically diminished and I'm going to try not to spread it all over this fucking show every week because that's going to be a miserable listen is me bitching about my fucking Chicago Bears. I think I got it out of my system today, so thank you for listening. Thank you to Ryan for letting me have that platform and getting it all off my chest because normally I'm just shouting this shit into the fucking endless black void where no one's listening to me. So if you heard the fucking rant today, thank you. I feel better. I think my team still sucks, as I've always been told, and I have no positive outlook for our future. But I still love the fucking game and I'm going to dry my tears with a fancy championship. That's what's going to happen, and I'm going to sleep like a baby at night with big gold right next to me. But in the meantime, you make sure you follow along with us. We are the bank bro show on YouTube and Facebook. Boy, check out those fucking clips because they are a smash hit. That shit is fire all fucking day long. We are also at bank bro show on Instagram. Make sure you check out those clips there as well, because not everything you see on YouTube is going to be on Instagram. So for all the fucking content, make sure you hit up all those socials and then Drop us a fucking line at thebankbroshow at gmail.com. We still want to answer those questions. And again, it could be anything. It could be, hey, what did you have for lunch? Hey, ask me about my fancy team. Help me with my fancy lineup. Whatever it's got to be, we want to hear from you because that's what we do this for. Ugh, it fucking hurts, bro. I'm still very <laughs> salty about this fucking team. Every time I even think about the game, I just get like, down. Ugh. I could sense it while you were saying that little spiel at the end. I, I, I could just sense the emotional distress. That it really fucking sucks. Like, it always sucks being a Bears fan. I've lived through the double doink. I've lived through fucking Peyton Manning ripping the Super Bowl from us, even though Prince performed. All that shit, bro. Man, I've you, lived through it. You ain't lived through only six. See, that's why you're my boy. Perspective <laughs> is everything. Thank you for that perspective. It's never been that fucking bad. No. <laughs> It could always be worse. It could always, always be, worse. be worse. 
but damn, it could also be better. Get your heads out of your asses, Bears fans. God, that's another one of the books, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back next week. More hard-hitting pigskin action. But until that time, Bank Bros are in your city. We are here for you. I'm not here for the Bears right now, but we're here for you, and you can bank on it. Peace. One, two, three.